you either pick up the idea and you learn, or you don't like the idea and you go back and do the same thing, and you get the same result. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host, Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades, but the question isn't that. The question is, are you going to be part of what makes dentistry great? I am beyond excited today to have the honor of getting to interview Dr. Emily Latran. Uh, so Dr. Emily, before I set you up um, kind of for the show, let me just welcome you and say thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to uh, run into you at events since we both attend events and um, always seeing that we're both busy uh, trying to grow our project. It, it's great to to know and hang out with pe people with like-minded. Well, uh, Dr. Emily, I guess that's even a good setup. You know, when I think about innovation, yes, there are clinical innovations out there. There's even technological innovations. But I'm fascinated, and for this podcast, about the mindset that even allows someone to innovate. Why is it that someone goes, hey, why not me? Why, why can't I be that change that I want to see? And I don't even think I know all the things that you're doing right now. Um, and I think it's appropriate, you know, to introduce to the audience, like your, one of your main events I know about is called action to win. Is that correct? Yes. So, so even the fact that it's called action, like I love, you are a woman of action. You are someone that makes things happen. You are a published author. You're a speaker. You're also a clinician. Um, I don't know anything about how you've actually arrived where you're at today in dentistry. Could you just give me a little brief kind of story of how your journey has led you here today? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, first, let me just talk about action. So the word action um, you can see it as action. It actually is an acronym for a whole system that I use. And it stands for appreciation, communication, trust, investment, open-mindedness, and never give up. And I realized that at some point, those are the things that have helped me become successful uh, and get to where I want to be. Because I think success, as you know, is defined by, you know, it's, it's very relative. Success to you may not be success to me. So, uh, but success to me is being able to do what I want to do, the way I want to do it, and having peace, right? Because when you have peace, you have happiness. You, you will enjoy your life rather than you're worrying, you're frustrating, and all the other emotions. So I actually came to this country as a refugee back in 1981. So I was one of those boat people. Well, there are other people who know what that is. Uh, and so I came when I was 13. I came with my aunt, left my dad behind. Uh, my mom had passed away. Because back then, you, you, you buy your way to, to escape um, on a boat, being on the ocean for seven days, and then end up at a refugee camp. So when I came to the United States, I spoke very little English. And everything was about get better, right? speak better, learn English more, 
um, try to find a job back then, according to my aunt, find a job that is, you know, get into a profession that is easy for you to find a job. So she narrowed it down for me to healthcare, you know, and then, uh, you know, by really process of elimination, I ended up in dentistry. And I tell people it's not an inspiring story because it's really by chance. But once I got out of dental school and, and start working, my, my fascination is always, how do you make this work, right? I understand the dentistry part, but how do you, you know, get people to come in? How do you run it as a business? And I was very blessed to find a lot of our, now we'll call them gurus, right? Like Dr. Howard Ferran, uh, Linda Miles, Dr. Woody Oaks, Dr. the late Dr. Joe Stevens, a lot of these people who are so out of the box. And then they're out of the box because they're doing things that they take concepts from outside dentistry into uh, dentistry and they and they apply those. And actually, see, by chance, I was, I got this cup of coffee, right? And this said Planet Dan Kids. And so Dan Kennedy was one of their mentors. So um, and back then I didn't know, but I do know that these, these newsletters that I'm reading is not, is different from your regular dental magazine. And it catches my attention and some of the things that they recommend. Um, so I started that journey back then. And once I got to three dental offices, three kids and, you know, you know office with multi-specialty, got staff running the office, got specialists come in. Um, I realized that I have gone through that journey and this continuous learning, uh, you know, taking ideas again, you talk about innovation, you know, you take an idea from another business and you think, how can you apply this to my business? And of course, it, you can't just take it and just apply. You got to change certain things. And uh, what, what's required there is the mindset. First of all, to say, I think this can be applied to my field. And then secondly, how do you apply it where you can convince other people to follow you, you know, and of course I start with your staff. So in 2015 was, um, I, I remember I was sitting with uh, several friends and we were, we are all the out of the box people because we go to all these uh, business conferences. We've never met each other at a dental conference, right? And we're sitting there, we say, you know, it's, I, we think we should be sharing some of these knowledge um, with our colleagues. And that's when I decided that I, um, I wanted to do consulting, coaching, and just like the typical dentist, right? Well, I don't have any credential. So I went and got certified as a high performance coach with Brendan Bouchard. The business part, I didn't need to be certified because I've been doing business for 20 some years and I've been reading all these newsletters, you know, so I've been studying on that, but I needed, I, we just needed a certification. <laughs> so, um, so that's when I got certified and once I've done that and I put myself out there and I realized that there are a lot of, of us dental professionals in general and business owners uh, who need help. And the part that we need help on is not the clinical, it's, it's the mindset. And I know people use that word very loosely, right? You know, everything is, oh, you know, my, I help you with the mindset. With me, that's the gap between what you're thinking and what you're actually doing. Uh, there's so many of us having great ideas, going to seminars, and then we go back, we don't do anything. Or maybe we want our staff 
to do certain things and, and, and they resist it. So how do you get them to actually do what you want them to do? And um, that's how I got to where I am today. Uh, like you said, action. I'm always about leveraging. It's the same knowledge. How do I put it out there multiple ways? Um, so that would be the speaking. That would be the book. Um, that would be, you know, going on podcasts like this, going on different shows, going on other people's stages uh, with the same message, really. Uh, it may be tweaked for that particular audience. It, there may be new examples um, that come out, you know, that come out through my business journey. Um, I think if, if you have a message or if you have something that you really want to share and you know it will serve people, it is it is your job to to be out there and letting everybody know. Okay, so you just dropped so many <laughs> gold nuggets there. Uh, Dr. Emily, I really feel like you could teach a master class on innovation in dentistry. Um, yeah, maybe that's actually something we could do in the future. But circling back to what you're saying right now, I love what you just said about mindset being the gap between what you know and what you're actually doing. Um, and I find that fascinating because I've stored up knowledge before by preparing, by reading, by going to courses. But if you looked at the knowledge that I'd stored up and then you looked at what I'm actually doing with it, there was a massive variance. And I remember feeling like, what's the point of me learning? What's the point of me accumulating all this information if I'm not actually doing something with it because maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm afraid, maybe I'm looking for some guarantee that doesn't exist, you know? Uh, I'm trying to set myself up so that I don't look like a fool if I try something. And that's when I started realizing, wow, I didn't really learn anything. I just had the opportunity to learn because true learning comes when you do take an action, launch something into the marketplace, and then you get feedback. Did it work? Did the market care? Did they take notice? And then you're in the game and that's where true learning takes off. Now, it seems like you've always had this passion and curiosity to learn this um, crazy drive to just grow. Like, was that just in you as a, as a, as a young girl, as a young woman? Um, you know, even when you chose your profession, were you just like, Hey, I know I'm going to bring my perspective, my entrepreneurial vision into dentistry? Or did that light not illuminate till a little bit later on? Well, you know, curiosity can really get you into trouble, right? <laughs> you know? And I, I think as a kid, I was, I was always curious, not, you know, not to the level of Edison or anything like that. But curious here, meaning you're questioning things, you, you want to know, why is why is that happening? Why is somebody doing certain things, right? So you ask you ask a lot of questions, which would be very typical in a kid. Um, but once I I got into you know I once I graduated from dental school, I think that really comes in because I'm easily bored. Um, I'm reading the dental journals. I go to let's just say the CDA conventions and I see the same speakers. Um, some of the same speakers are still teaching the same things and giving the same example to, as it, you know, okay, uh, that's, that's one case in point. And for me, it's always what is new out there. 
And I understand when you talk about the human mindset, there isn't a whole lot new, right? Because we, we don't really change. So how could we make the action be different? Because the thinking is a lot of time is very, you know, it's the same. If you're, if you're a laid back person, I can make you into a really driven person. However, I can inspire you to do 20% more, 30% more than what you normally do, because maybe the way I talk, because I challenge you to do certain things. I'll give you an example. A lot of my um, clients, uh, a lot of them are healthcare professionals and everybody's happy with, let's just say the way business run or maybe the, the level of, of income. And when I work with them, it's about what more can you do, right? You, you net a certain amount, you do a certain amount, you've been doing this for 15 years, 20 years, whatever it is. Um, what is your legacy? Uh, you know, can you do something beyond, beyond the four walls of your office? Because we are just so perfectly positioned to be an advisor, to be a leader in the community. So sometimes questions like that and whether or not they're curious, because there's some of them, they want to do more. That's why people get complacent. They got to a certain level and everything is comfortable and that's good. And then next thing is they go and they do something, something weird, like invest in crypto or something, or something. You, you know, and, and I think it's better when it's directed, your energy and your mindset is directed to something that will be impactful. Right. And I, I when I sometimes I get criticized, you know, well, Emily, you're always talking about net income and, and production and all that. And I said, yes, because that's going to make the difference. Now, if you increase your net income, I don't know what you do with your money. All I'm talking about is increasing your net income. And, you know, you could be taking that money and go build a school. Right. In the third world country, you could be taking that money and go give it to the church down the street. You could be taking that money and and pay for you know, uh, a choir team in your kid's school. I, I remember so many years ago, one of the mom, uh, she came in and she was telling us the kid was doing ortho and she said, uh, can I, can I defer my monthly payment to next month? Because my kid is going to DC and I'm in California with his choir team, right? So I'm saving money to pay for, I think the, the plane ticket. And I overheard this and um, I wrote her a check for a thousand dollars. And I know that was more than the plane ticket. Well, you know, maybe it will buy two kids the plane ticket. I don't know, I don't know how much a plane ticket was. Um, and she was she was in, in shock, right? Of course she cried and, and after that I got this big nice plaque of the whole choir. Uh, no, I think it was the band. It was, it was a very big group. And it, it, it goes into my, you know, it goes on my office wall. So, but I think a lot of us are already positioned to do that. You know, it could be your patient right there who come in and have a difficult time and, and you help them in whatever way you want beyond your dentistry, but you're already in that position to help. And so I think when you say the word innovation, something, sometimes people think about technology and, you know, something brand new. Sometimes it's, it's that emotion. How do you get that emotion? How do you get that drive out of you? Because it's already in you, right? And you can just light the fire yourself, <laughs> but, but you have to think of it that way. Like if you think, what can I do to impact my patients beyond the dentistry? I mean, let, let's just say, answer that question. And then you can think of different ways that then you're probably going to pay attention a little bit more to the patient 
as to what they're doing or maybe what their kids are doing. And, and you ask those questions, you know them more in that sense and you become more impactful and, peop and people remember you for doing that. Sometimes it's not what you do for them, it's, you, it's what you do for the people they love. Okay, so I really, I'm hanging on every word you're saying. And thankfully, I don't need to take notes because this is recorded. Um, but I'm, I love what you just said, Dr. Emily, about oftentimes it's okay. Like it's normal that dentists, they do a good job. They're working on clinical and then they, they end up maybe settling a bit or, or, or just getting complacent. That's a, that's a better word. And it's like the future in dentistry that I see is that dentistry is going to be great because everybody steps up into that place that only they can fill. And maybe it is just doing something with their patient or in their community. <clears throat> I agree with you. Innovation doesn't have to be starting some disruptive company that changes the landscape of dentistry. It could be, but it could just be the community that's around you. And my whole thing is this right now, like you said, you and me, we, we have this kind of like-mindedness, like the fact that you arrived at Dan Kennedy and Brendan Bouchard, who are two of my role models and heroes, of all the different marketing voices, of all the different high-performance voices, the fact that you arrived at those two people uh, just show there is there's definitely a likeness. But when I look to the left and to the right of me, I see so many amazing people that I know that are advancing dentistry, but I also see vacancies. I see places where someone maybe hasn't occupied that space because they think it's humility maybe to play it small or maybe they still are wrestling with the whole, am I, am I ready? Is right now the time? What, what if I step up or step out and, and what, you know what I mean? Like this worst case scenario, this, this fear that I'm not defining. And that's what I love about what you're saying to dentists. It's like right now, step up, like try something, find out like whatever they're hearing between the lines of what we're saying, they know right now that thought that comes to them of yeah that's kind of been a dream of mine but maybe i've been a little too scared to do something about it was there ever a dream of yours that was really scary and you're just you know you kind of looked at yourself in the mirror some mornings and you're like dr emily why do you feel crazy enough to believe this like was there ever one of the things that you did that you were just like wow this this could fail or this could end bad but you just kept doing it anyway? Yes, and thank you for asking that. And, and I think um, I'm, I've been very blessed. And what I mean by that is by meeting the right people. Obviously, sometimes you go to a certain place because you know certain people are going to be there and, and you hope to meet them. But I've been very blessed in meeting the right people. My, um, one of my very first mentors is Sharon Lecter. Uh, she is the co-author of, of the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it took about two years for me to get out of my Asian shelf, right? I, I'm not used to talking about myself. Um, she pushed me to, okay, you got to be a speaker. Or you got to be out there, right? Um, and I, when I started working with her, I already finished my first book. And I was very resistant to talk about it because it's, even though I, I want people to know about it, but I wasn't trained on how to go out there and talk about your book and tell your story. And, and 
it, it took two years for me to actually feel more comfortable to talk about myself. Um, from, you know, from the story to some of the things I do. By this time, I have already done a dental mission and, you know, I've, I've already done some of the things that I share with you, but it would just never, well, why am I sharing that? Especially when, when you share it and it's, it, the, the, the mindset of a lot of people is, and actually it's still there now. <laughs> if you look on Facebook, I share something and somebody would say, there she goes, promotion, self-promotion again, right? And it's okay. At the beginning, it bugged me. After that, I'm thinking, you know, that message is going to be there for the right people to hear. Because yeah. for me, when I share something, it, it got two things. Number one is I'm just sharing. It's possible. And number two, for the right people, it's, it's a little bit um, challenge. It's a little bit ambition. Hey, if Emily can do that, can I do that? Right? Like a lot of the things that I do for my dental office, when people ask me, I say, yeah, I have a, a mixed practice. I have HMO, PPO, Dedical, cash. I don't have a fee for service office. And then they're looking at me, well, how, how come she's taking her staff to Hawaii um, for doing a million dollars? And this was back in 2006, right? Uh, why, 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 why is her staff attending TBSE, which is the, be uh, the best seminar ever for at least a decade? Right? Why? Why are they having so much fun? Why is she doing this or that? Like I would just told you, you know, why does she give a patient a thousand dollars? Right? So if you know how to run the business and you know to focus on the right thing, um, whatever business you're doing, it could be profitable. Right? If I had a fee for service office, I'd probably be five times profitable. But sometimes it's it's where you are, and where you decide to be. And again, if if that's something that you're okay with. Um, the office is five miles away from home. I'm not going to go find a different area to open the fee-for-service office because every day I go pick up three kids from school. So part of it is also to be okay with who you are. And that's a big part because when, we, when you actually have the conversation, you find out that people are not happy about this, they're not happy about that. And these are some of the things that are in their control. It's you know their mindset, their thoughts. And so because I was so blessed to have the the training and learning from the right people, like you say with, with Brendan, right? Brendan is about high performance coaching. So it's always about to make sure that you deliver a hundred percent, but first you got to really get to that hundred percent. Like um, one of the thing I like the most about him is he, he'll say, when you're good and you have asked stuff, nobody knows, but you're pretty good. So you're sort of faking it, right? But you know, so how long are you going to do that, right? So today, if I go to work and I'm jet lagging, I can still see my 12, 15 patients, but I know I'm jet lagging. You know, I'm not, I know I'm not 100% there, uh, but how can it be that I want to make sure that when I show up, whether it's the first patient of the day or the last patient of the day, I'm giving them 100%, right? And then learning from, from Dan Kennedy, it's about just be different. If everybody's going west, you better go east. And, and that, again, it's the mindset that if everybody's doing that, I need to do the same thing. And from day one, I never um, want to do the same thing. Not that I, I want to be different, but again, going back to the very first point we talked, curious, right? Everybody's doing, what was it back uh, when the coupon, coupon right? Everybody's yeah. talking about coupon. Why don't I not do coupon? <laughs> 
why don't I send an email to all my patients? And maybe I'm offering something similar, but I'm only talking to my patients, right? So I'll take that idea, but I'm going to apply to it the way, you know, to my business, the way I want to apply to my business. And so those are some of the, some of the things that I think that has helped me accelerate and, and be able to achieve what I want to achieve. And, and I think that it really took the, the mentors and the coaches because as, as Emily coming to the U.S. as a refugee, I, I, I did not know all of those great ideas. You know, when you speak, there's just such a strength in, in what you're saying. It, it's almost like you're not releasing ideas that you're not certain about. They, they really are something that you've completely bought into and you live it out. And because of that, there, there's a difference. I don't know. I'm just, as I'm hearing you, I'm getting inspired because what you just said about almost like being misunderstood by people about just even being okay with sharing your strength or your gifting or the value that you have, that is something that I feel like has kept me back for so long. And I, I, don't, I don't know why, because who wins if we play it small? Like if you decided to play it small a decade ago, I probably wouldn't be interviewing you right now. And yet every time I've had the opportunity to meet you um, or be around you again, you are just so encouraging. Just knowing you are in the fight, you continue to advance ground, you continue to say yes when it's hard, you continue to take risks. That encourages me massively, um, Dr. Emily. And I'm just thinking like, so here's that person that's on the sideline that's like, oh, here she goes again, self-promotion. It's like, okay, so what, what should you do? Not say what you're doing, not talk about the value that you really are bringing to dentists. It's transformative and it has the opportunity to be transformative. And if we just stay on the sideline and abdicate and not say anything, who, nobody wins. You know, you know, and it's very funny because it, it's all in our minds, right? Um, there are people showing full mouth rehab cases, beautiful cases, which we look at it and we know it's a $40,000 cases, right? And they show, well, we're just gonna use that word, they're showing off, right? For me, it's they're sharing their success. I know there's 20 cases of failure that maybe they're not sharing, but at this moment, they decide to share this. And nobody criticized that. And I'm over here saying something like, I was featured in For on Forbes, right? Now, if you have clicked the link and read the article, it was something I say about staff. It was, they asked a question and all of these Forbes coaches were answering. And, and usually what they do is they ask a question and you, you submit your answer. And if you have a good answer, they'll pick you and they feature you on Forbes. So it wasn't a self-promotion article, but you, the person probably had, did not even read it. Okay. And it's not my fault that it was featured three times. Like I, I got picked three different times within the year. Again, it's, it's the mindset that, okay. Instead, if you had clicked it, read the article, Maybe you would agree with me, disagree with me, but there are also nine other people who were sharing their viewpoints about that particular subject. Whether I think one of it was about staff, one of it was about having a difficult conversation, right? So I gave the example of you have, if you need to sit the staff down and 
before you fire them, what do you do, right? So these are very practical things. And for me, if you say something like that, you just don't understand. You don't understand that um, whether you, you, you agree or, or like him or not, uh, somebody like a Donald Trump, right? The, we marketers look at him as a great marketer, right? That's like the number one thing. I, I, I had a meeting with Dan Kennedy and he kept talking about Donald Trump as a marketer. We're not talking about his political view or whatever right. he does, but that's why he's known. Um, you look at some of the musicians, right? They usually are well-known because they're different. So the same idea, if you want to be different, you got to do something to promote yourself, to put yourself out there. And, and at the same time, in some of the groups, people kept asking, how do I stand out? How do I get patients to come to me? And then I'm thinking uh, self-promotion. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but you can do things like answering questions on a forum, right? Or do a free dentistry day. These are things that you should be able, you should be comfortable saying. And then as you do that enough, people know you and people recommend you and people recognize you. My, my third um, public talk was um, a, TED, a TED talk, a local TED talk. And it was because one of my friends who know me at different uh, networking events, she recommended me to apply. I wasn't even looking for it. So things like that start happening if you put yourself out there and you put yourself out there in, in whatever way you want. But the, the whole back is people say, well, I'm not supposed to put myself out there. I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm the professional. I, I'm not supposed to talk about myself. Um, if, if you read any of my posts, you will never see that uh, I'm the best dentist, I'm the best coach. Well, I am the best mom in the world. That one, we, that one, we got to claim, right? <laughs> but but that, even that one is relative. Every mom is going to say she's the best mom in the world. I'm just putting it out there as a marketing phrase, right? And the people who know me, they understand that's why I'm doing that. And if they know the backstory, they... They appreciate that. Yeah, she might be the best mom. But in general, uh, I think it's because me, you and I, we operate from that marketing standpoint. So we put out phrases, we do things that are different. And uh, if people don't understand the marketing part, that's when they start you know, thinking about it. They kick us out Facebook group, which is okay. Because I said, if I don't, if I don't self-promote today, down the line, I'm probably gonna self-promote again, whatever I do that I'm sharing uh, and that's how people are you either pick up the idea and you learn or you don't like the idea and you go back and do the same thing and you get the same result so i'm curious about the ted talk you get the invitation what do you think about right when you get it do you think about this could be wildly successful and amazing i'm gonna crush it even though I don't know how much training you've had as a public speaker. I know you speak publicly, but I'm just saying you're not first and foremost, a public speaker. Like that's not your, your livelihood. You're a dentist, you're a clinician, you do lead, you do market, you, you know, but I'm just saying right away, was there any sort of self doubt? Um, or were you just like, yep, this is an open door. I'm going to check it out. Like what, what was your inner game when this opportunity came to you? Well, there was plenty of self doubt. That was, like I said, that was my third time doing public speaking. So I definitely, I was not ready, but I'm one of those people that I like to check a box, right? Like, uh, I want to be on TED Talk. Okay. Been on TED Talk once. Good. 
yet, right? Or I want to be featured in a magazine, been on Forbes, what? Okay, good, check out. That, that kind of thing, okay, I've done it. And then, and then I'm good. So when that opportunity came, um, I know the story should be shared. So, so this, the, the, the title of my talk um, was, I believe it was, what if, what if you weren't scared? What would you do? What if today is the last day of your life? What would you do, right? So it was, that's kind of how I lead my talk. And, and then I talk about, you know, my story, I came to this country, et cetera. But, but when I got the invitation, I said, okay, I need to do this because I need to share this story. This is an opportunity for me to share a story as a Vietnamese refugee. And of course, um, I got the best help, which was, uh, I was, I was uh, the mentee of Sharon Lecter at that time. So I wrote my little speech and then, I, and then Sharon offered to, to take a look at it for me. And the speech came back red. I mean, every other word is red. <laughs> and I'm all, uh, <laughs> and just like that gracious mom, she said, all I did was moving your words around. So just move the words around. And, um, and then of course it's, it's memorizing the speech because the good thing with the TED talk is you're standing in one spot. <laughs> so they didn't require me to command the stage or anything. I just, I just stood there and I just, and I just talk about it. And, you know, I think it is our job when the, when that opportunity comes to take that opportunity. So, um, we need to be prepared. And, and that is if you believe in yourself, uh, you, you can talk to a lot of doctors or you chat with them and they said something like, um, I, wa I want to write a book, right? Or they say, I, I want to teach people this. I, I was talking to uh, somebody over the weekend and she said, yeah, Dr. So-and-so uh, wants to teach about opioid, right? Because he's an oral surgeon and you know he, he knows a lot of kids after they take out the wisdom teeth they on the medication and then they become, you know, and then they take the meds and they go sell it. You know, you know your typical drug story, but that's what he wants to teach. And he's an oral surgeon, right? So he doesn't really need to go and teach that, but that's to me, that's the calling, right? The dentistry is the passion, but the coaching and, and the speaking is the calling. The speaking is sort of required for the coaching. So that way I can get my message out there more. Um, I would be more visible than somebody who just sent out, you know, email marketing, right? So I would be on multiple platform. So for me, what happened with that was the, the drive that I want to be known for that Vietnamese story. It's, it's not so much my, me, it was the story of that generation, right? And then the other thing was, you know, this is the opportunity to, I guess, practice my speaking skill. You might, you might as well just challenge it to the max. And, um, and I'm one of those people who likes to take up on challenges, which sometimes is not a good thing because sometimes you're not ready. Um, but if you take on a challenge and you don't quite be successful, that would still be better than if you just take baby steps all the time. And it's sort of, it's sort of my, how I approach thing. Um, if somebody say that, that's so I, I was going to say, um, was there a time though, Dr. Emily, that you did take a challenge and it didn't turn out like you thought it would? Sometimes I take on the challenge and obviously 
either fail or didn't do very well. And uh, I remember when I first started, I was watching VHS tape because that's what you do back then. You buy the VHS tape, you buy the newsletter. And uh, I was watching Dr. Woody Oaks who started The Profitable Dentist. And he was talking about that one of the fastest way to grow is to have more than one office. So what did I do? I went out and bought the second office, I bought the third office, and I was still trying to grow the first one. And at one point, it was that growing pains, right? Where you have too many, too many people. I didn't even have that many people. I have four in each office, and we were going, you know, to million or more than a million, and only on specialty day that I have an extra assistant, and everybody was working to the max, and and um, and I was, you know, going between three offices, and I got associates, and I didn't know how to train them, and and but it was. It, it was when, and I didn't learn that term growing pains until later, somebody said that and I go, wait a minute. Uh, I think that's, that was what's happening. And then I was buying building, the building that housed the office, right? So let's borrow the money to buy this building and then let's borrow the money to buy that building. And then we have to, to move to a, a bigger suite. So within five or six years, I was buying practices and buying buildings. And looking back, that wasn't very smart, right? That was unnecessary stress that was taking on a lot of debt. Um, all of that could have been avoided if I knew better. <laughs> but I, that was at the beginning of my journey, right? Um, I didn't know. Now, I don't regret it at all. So I'm one of those people that I'm very blessed that I don't tend to live in regrets. I would say, yep, that was a dumb thing that you did, Emily. You know, what did you learn? And let's just move on. Uh, so I think it helps. And I know for some people, they need somebody to help them overcome certain things. Uh, but for me, it's, it's, I'm very good in compartmentalize things. Um, all you need to do, I think a lot of time is to have a coach or a mentor, and they will give you that perspective. And so that way you can get over it. I remember the first time somebody quit on in my coaching program, I was so upset. It was, you, you know, I'm not good enough, right? I'm, I'm not delivering enough. Um, all of these self-doubt questions. And I actually call and talk to all three of my coaches at the time. <laughs> and uh, one of them said, well, she already prepaid, so why would you worry? <laughs> and I said, that, that's not the point. Why did she quit? And I'm going to give her back part of her money, but why did she quit? That was my thing. And then... I think one or two days it dawned on me that I have so many patients who would leave my practice. And I don't go through this, you know, self-doubt and all that because dentistry is already so much part of the, you know, my life, but this coaching thing is new. And once I get that perspective, it was like, oh, this is just like a patient who didn't like you leave your practice. Why am I, you know, getting so frustrated about this? But I, it did take talking to all three mentors to just get me to, you know, calm down. It's okay. Um, but once I realized this is just another patient leaving your practice and yeah, you're going to take a look. And, and I said, I, and I think one of the reasons she left was because I was challenging her too much. Uh, obviously at, at that point, I didn't quite realize it uh, because I would suggest certain ways to grow the practice. And then the next call, she hasn't done it. So after about a month, 
I ask her, what pays the bill? And that, that is a line that I learned from Sharon Lecter. What pays the bill? <laughs> and she said, what do you mean what pays the bill? And I said, I recommending all these things for you to do and you haven't done them. But obviously you're still doing okay. But you say you want to grow the dental practice. So what pays the bill? And she said, real estate. And, and I told her, you know, if you're not going to be focusing on your dental office, which is what you asked me to, to help you with, then I don't really see the point. Right. So what, what would you want to do? And then after that, she quit. Right. Um, so <laughs> learning to ask the right question uh, to get the answer you want is a skill. And as dentists, we have that skill. That's those are the questions we ask our patients. And then I take that skill and I go to the, the coaching and consulting. And sometimes it, it, it's I'm still learning to to understand all that. I, I, I'm just, again, so fascinated, Dr. Emily, by the way that you think like you think like a mature visionary entrepreneur as if that is what you primarily do. And that's primarily, I guess, who you are that you can't deny that. Um, and that's why I just see so much, so much success to almost everything you put your hand to. And I'm sure that's not the case. Like, I'm sure, like you said, you've, you've, you know, you've done things that, that didn't work, but in the doing them, you learned and you pivoted. And that's what I'm always trying to communicate to our listeners. It's that that's actually when you learn and you can pivot. Most people I interview, they say, where I'm at today is not where I thought I would be. Like I didn't have this really clear picture and I got there exactly, but I started without having perfect clarity, without having a perfect plan. And it just morphs as you're in movement, as you're as you're actually in motion instead of I'm waiting there and I'm at the Harbor and I'm, st I still have the anchor down and I'm dreaming of what it's like on the op open seas. Like you can only understand so much about what it would be like trying to conjecture, trying to imagine. It's really just when you lift the anchor and start positioning the sails and, and actually just go that you learn how to navigate the open seas. And I feel like that's, a lot of what business is. And I love that you said dentistry might be a passion, but when people speak or coach, you're talking more about calling. Um, when did you realize that your calling was, you know, I guess was being manifested through your events, through your coaching? Like, did you instantly just feel fulfillment the first time you had an event or the first time that you, you stepped into that role as a consultant? Um, that was in 2015, and and I would um, credit that to one of my coach. His name is Matt Browning. He's an NLP coach. And when I signed up with him, I wanted to be in his mastermind. So I remember he was doing a three-days event, and at the end of day one, I walk up to him and I say, I want to join your mastermind. And he said, you can't. It's about NLP training. The mastermind is the extra part. And I said, but I only want to join the mastermind. <laughs> How much is it? <laughs> and he said, I can't tell you that you have to sit through the three days, right? So I actually did. And I actually joined the mastermind. Uh, of course, I had to learn the NLP along the line uh, because that's the requirement. But one of the things he does is events. And one of the things he taught was once you have your event, you have your own stage, then you can trace stages. And that was how I started it. So I didn't start with the dentistry community, 
I started outside that. So I started doing events and I started asking people and, and I used to do a radio show. So it would be like, hey, uh, you get on my radio show, I get on your whatever podcast show. Um, you get on my stage, I get on your stage. And I grew pretty fast. I would say more people know me outside dentistry, like in the speaker, coaches, consultant uh, world than inside dentistry because I started there first. And it, that, it was that simple, right? Just do your own event, have your own stage, um, write your own book so you can talk about. That's, that's when you want to go on a podcast or when you want to go on a show, that goes first, right? Here's my book. So, so they can see that you do, you're more than a coach because you're also a, an author. Oh, and you also speak. Oh, and you have your own event. Now, all of a sudden, you're positioning yourself different or you self-promotion. <laughs> You know, yeah, the self-promotion, see, what I always laugh about it when people say is they, they make it sound like it's just empty words. The self-promotion means nothing unless you have done the work. Now, there are plenty of people out there who do very good self-promotion. And when you look, well, they haven't done the work, right? And if you're sharp enough, you do your own due diligence, you're going to look at it and say, oh, this person is teaching me how to grow the dental business. Well, this person has never worked a day in the dental business uh, or help grow somebody else's dental business. Or maybe they have three doctors and, you know, here I am 30 years plus into the business. I'm not doing as good promotion of myself as he does or she does, whoever it is. Right. So, but that's the marketing game. But, but as a, as a person, you would need to look a little bit deeper and make sure that that's the right person, that that person actually has substance um, behind them. So now, like I told you, when people say, oh, you know, here she goes, self-promotion again. Now I just ignore those because to me, it's, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what this person say. Um, I think, who was it? I, I can't remember. It could be Dan Kennedy. <laughs> he say, uh, you know, you only listen to the people who make more money than you are the people who actually pay you. And it sounds very, very harsh, but it is true, right? The people who make more money than you, if you want to use that as a, as a measurement, obviously they're more successful than you in, in some way. So if, yeah. you, if you were to look at that, at least, rather than just listening to whoever's out there talking all the time, and then the people who pay you, those are your patients, right? Those are your customers. It just means to listen to the feedback from your customer. So I should listen to the feedback from my patients rather than whatever criticism from the dentist down the street. Because that dentist is not paying me. The patients are paying me. So I should listen to my patients. Oh, I love that. Okay, so if I'm a listener right now and I'm getting super encouraged and inspired and I realize that I need to have you as a coach or consultant or I want to be part of what you're doing, where do you want listeners to go to learn more? Yes, yeah, so um, they can go to my website. It's uh, dremilyletran.com. So it's D-R-E-M-I-L-Y-L-E-T-R-A-N.com. Or they can text to the word FAST to 55678. And what they're going to get is a link to download um, a framework. And it's, it's, it's called the... Um, acceleration business acceleration framework. Um, it's called Action Business Acceleration <laughs> Framework, and uh, it's a nine-step 
of what I've been doing to grow my business. Um, when you download that, you can, you can see what I've done. I give little examples. And then you can also schedule a call um, for a complimentary call. I call it the work less, make more call. Uh, and it's because it's all, it's all about results. If, if you're after results, I might be the right person for you to chat with. 100%. Okay. So there's two questions in close. I don't know if you're ready for them. Of course you're ready. So number one, if your, your life was a book, um, and the next chapter of this book was going to be for the next 10 years of your life, what would the name of that chapter be called? That's a good question. Um, I think the the it could be something that is called impact or love, one of those words, beyond borders. Um, when people ask me, what's your ultimate goal, right? I always tell them to be a, a world-famous philanthropist. And one person go, well, why do you need to be world-famous? And I said, because if I'm more famous and I go ask Sean for money to donate to my cause, Sean's going to say, yes, if I'm not more famous, why would Sean give me money? Because <laughs> uh, they think I'm, I'm talking about more famous as a very selfish thing. But to me, you could claim that you're an influencer or whatever, but when I say more famous, that means a lot of people know you. And, and for me, it's always about giving back and it's giving back beyond where we are, right? Um, that's why I, I, I like Beyond Borders. Um, and for me, it's a lot of time it's about education. I always want to go back home and, and build school. But you know what? If I can't go all the way to Vietnam and you want to go build school in Mexico, I'll, I'll be there too, right? Because again, it's about building school, giving kids a, a better future. Uh, my, my, both of my parents were teachers and the first time I went back to Vietnam, which was 17 years after I left, and I went back to my old school, and it looked the same, right? There, there was nothing new. Everything was the same. And that's when I, I felt like, yeah, well, you know, so many years ago, I'm sitting at these old desks, and it, it's, it's, a, it's like a six-foot table, and four, four kids would sit on that, right? Um, the average size of the class was 50, at least 50 kids. I came to the US and the average size of the class is for kindergarten for my kids is 20 kids. And when they're 22, all the teachers are complaining. <laughs> you know? So it's all about perspective. Um, so yeah, love beyond borders or impact beyond borders. Okay, I love that, I love that. Okay, so here's the final one. You're walking down the street and off in the distance, you see 18 year old version of Dr. Emily Latran. And you know you only have a brief moment to communicate one sentiment to her. What do you share to her? Well, I would tell the 18-year-old to slow down. <laughs> and uh, slow down and enjoy life. Um, I'm very proud in what I've done. And I told you, I, I don't hold regrets. Uh, but I remember the first time, 
quite a few years ago, my undergrad friends got together uh, and they were showing a slideshow. And there's all these, you know, pictures. And I'm sitting there and I go, how come I'm only in maybe two? I think it was a, a, a camping or a playing volleyball at the lake, but all of the other ones, I said, wait a minute, how come I'm not in these pictures? And they told me, because you were not showing up to parties. And these are pictures of parties, and that's why you're not in them. And so I think looking back, I would probably slow down and go to some parties, even though I'm not a party person kind of thing, but to enjoy life a little bit more. I, I finished undergrad in three years because I started taking classes when I was in high school. And when I went through dental school, I also did a master in oral biology in the same four years. So a lot of times, it, it, you know, when, when people say, okay, teaching productivity, I know how to do that, right? But I was very driven. So if you have a purpose to drive you, then you can be very productive because you want to get to that purpose or that accomplishment. But I would say, yeah, uh, I would tell the 18-year-old to just slow down, go to some party, <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, and, and actually enjoy life. Because as you know, at any particular age, you enjoy life a little differently. Um, my son just went to Chicago for a seven-week internship. And before he goes, he already was booking all the concerts that he wanted to go to. That kid knows how to enjoy life. Um, because that he was there to do the internship, to work, but he was already booking all the, the weekend, what he's going to do for fun. And I have great respect for that. Um, that's, a different, that's a whole different perspective, right? And I would encourage anybody at any age, but especially the young one, to look at it that way too, to learn as much as you can, but at the same time, make sure that you have that time where um, you you go to go, go to party and you enjoy life. I absolutely love that. Dr. Emily Latran, like, thank you so much. It has been just my pleasure getting to interview you. It's been easy to honor you as an innovator. Like, thank you so much for saying yes every single time things got difficult. Like, thank you so much for not listening to any of the critics that might have told you to slow down or might have told you to stop self-promoting because maybe your light wouldn't be as bright as it is right now. And I'm so thankful for the impact you are making. So once again, thank you for letting me interview you today. Well, thank you so much, Sean. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's great to, to, to see you grow. Um, you just remind me of, of, a, of a company that I started working and it, it's, it's a, a little bit similar model where you have the um the, the membership kind of thing where they get the, the, the brush head and it was also an electric toothbrush by the way um but it, it went in conjunction with whitening and i implemented that back in 1997. Wow. And, and that was a weirdest thing because as part of that they did a video and that was the video that was our promotion video in the office like in the waiting room and it had nothing to do with dentistry. <laughs> I remember I said, okay, I don't want to show. Back then, Casey has just come out. And I said, but I don't want, I, I have Casey. I don't want that. I want my stuff. So the video had my kids, my staff, and pictures in the back office. And so you watched that video and you, you met us. And this is before people were teaching, put a video in the, in the waiting room and talk about yourself. Wow. It's always about the education, right? 
show them whatever special promotion you have. Our was our kids' picture party, Christmas party with the patient. And we, we used that for a very, very, very long time. Um, and that was, that was the very first marketing thing I did, I think. That's amazing. Emily, or Dr. Sorry, Dr. Litran, thank you so much. I really appreciated it. So again, thank you uh, for joining me. Did you mention anything about any events you have coming up? Uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I, I have a couple of events coming up in October. And uh, yeah, so maybe you can just share it in the show notes. I have uh, one that is one that is non-dental. It's just for entrepreneurs in Denver. Um, it's October 21st, 22nd, and um, there's one in uh, Orange County, California, that I would just inspire hanging out with some of these Vietnamese friends, and so I'm going to have one that is called Asian Business Growth, and uh, heading the keynote for that event is Naveen Jain, who is working with Dr. Edward Zuckerberg um, hmm. for Viome, and I will probably have another one in October in uh, Chicago, so um, details to come but thank you so much sounds for, great yeah thank you so much for doing this for having the platform so uh we can share our story and uh, do self-promotion <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks for listening and be sure to follow so you never miss an episode to learn more about what's going on in dentistry check out innovation in dentistry.com <laughs>